Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. And uh, from a little bit different perspective, I think I like it back there listening to Ben. <laughs> but nevertheless, I'm glad to be able to help out and to fill in. And uh, this morning, our scripture lesson is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 15, starting to read at verse 21, if you will. Turn in your Bibles and follow along as we read this portion of God's Holy Word together. Matthew 15, starting now at verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he, that is Jesus, did not answer her a word. And his disciples came to him and they begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand. Amen. Let's look to the Lord as we, we do want to ask God to be with us as we look at these particular verses and uh, as we see what it is that God has for us today as we study His Word. So let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have given us Your Holy Word. We thank You, O Lord, for the way that uh, Your Holy Spirit takes the Word and applies the Word to our lives in such a way that the Word becomes real. And Father, we pray now that as we look at this particular portion, we pray that Your Holy Spirit will open our minds and hearts that we might truly see and understand what it is that you have for us to to learn from this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look look down at verse 28, we see Jesus says, Woman, your faith is great. Now watch this. The Greek word which is translated great here is the Greek word from which we get our word mega, which indicates something very special. Jesus is saying, woman, you have mega faith, special faith. Now, here's the question we want to think about, and this will be the question of the day. What is it about her faith that is so great? What is it that makes her faith mega faith, as Jesus says? I mean, after all, when you think about it, wouldn't we all love to hear Jesus say, Jean or Lauren or whatever, your faith is great. Sure, we'd all love that. So what is it, as we look at these scriptures, 
What is it that makes her faith so great? Now, as we think about that question, there's something that we want to notice. Look back at verse 21 and 22 again. Here we see Mark says, And Jesus went away from there, and he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, watch this. Note this. I mean, this woman's a Canaanite. And so she doesn't exactly fit the mold of somebody we would think that would receive God's blessing. You remember back in the Old Testament, you remember when God brought the children to the promised land? And as they were there, you remember how God said to them, When you go into the land, you are to totally destroy those people. They are a vile, a, a idolatrous, they are a wicked people. And God said, just wipe them out. And so here is a Canaanite woman who is coming to Jesus. If anybody was outside of God's covenant blessing, we could, we could certainly have to say it would be a Canaanite. And you see, as, as we understand all of this, then we begin to understand why it is that Jesus calls her faith mega faith. Great faith. You can see because of the fact. <clears throat> Here we see she comes to Jesus and this woman recognizes that she's an outcast. I mean, she knows that she is a Canaanite. But yet we see she comes to Jesus, comes believing that Jesus will help her, and Jesus will be merciful. You know, as you think about it, we have to say, evidently, she had become totally disillusioned with her Canaanite faith. I mean, after all, we see it, it hadn't done anything to really help her. I mean, there's her daughter there who is demon-possessed, and so it hadn't done anything. But yet, you see, she comes to Jesus, and she comes believing that whereas her Canaanite faith has not helped but yet she comes to Jesus believing that Jesus is going to help her. And you see, Jesus responds, Woman, great is your faith. Now, <clears throat> we started out thinking about the question, what is it about her faith that makes it so special? Well, now, as we look at these verses, you see, Matthew points out for us, Matthew says there are four characteristics of great faith. And this is important for us because certainly, you know, as we think about it, we all would like to have a great faith. And the point is, maybe God will use this as we study this to help us to develop a great faith. So four characteristics of a great faith. First of all, you see, great faith is very specific. It's faith in Jesus. Look at verse 22. She cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. You see, it's very specific. It's faith in Jesus Christ. You know, a while back there was a song. It was kind of popular. And recently I heard something that reminded me, that reminded me of it. But it was a song, I Believe. And the words go like this. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, flowers grow. 
I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe there is one in the great somewhere who hears every word. I believe. You know, that's a sweet, that's a pretty little song. We don't want to take away from it. But when you look at the words and you think about it, we have to say, well, now, what kind of belief is this? I mean, there is really, there's no object of faith. There's no content. It's, it's, it's all abstract. And yet, in these verses, as we look at this, we see that here God is saying to us, great faith is very specific. Great faith is faith in Jesus Christ. You see, this woman, she had turned from her idols, and she said, Lord, son of David. You know, as you think about it, here's something that's important to remember. Saving faith is not just wishful thinking. No, saving faith is faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. And is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Applying it there. <clears throat> you know, some of you may remember the name Fran Tarkington. <clears throat> You may, you should remember that name. <laughs> for a number of years, he was the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> but way more important than that, he was the quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. <clears throat> that was, uh, I think that was before I got there. Uh, but anyway, nevertheless, what, a, what an illustration as we think about applying our faith and our trust. <clears throat> There's an interesting story of how Fran Tarkington became the starting quarterback at Georgia. On a Saturday afternoon, George was playing Texas. Now, at the time, Fran Tarkington was the number three quarterback. <clears throat> and that afternoon, as they were playing Georgia, George was having a hard time moving the ball against the very, very tough Texas defense. <clears throat> and it was the third quarter, and here George was backed up toward their own end zone. <clears throat> it was the third down, third and long. And all of a sudden, according to the story, why well, Fran Tarkington just came run, running into the game. Well, now, remember, he was the third-string quarterback at the time, and nobody had told him to go into the game. And the regular quarterback, when he saw him, he just assumed that the coach was replacing him, and so he ran off the field. Well, Tarkington took charge, and he led the team down the field. They scored a touchdown, and as they say, the rest is history. But you know, as you think about that, man, it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of confidence. It took a lot of faith for him to do something like that. And yet, the point is, as we look at these verses... You see, it took this same kind of faith and confidence and courage for this woman to come to Jesus. I mean, after all, after all, she was a Canaanite. But you see, verse 22 says, But her daughter was demon-possessed. There was strong motivation there. <clears throat> You know, no doubt she had tried everything the Canaanite faith uh, maybe suggested. But you see, nothing had helped. 
But in God's grace and in God's mercy, you see, God had revealed to her that in Jesus, here's the one who can help you. And here we see she comes to Jesus and she puts her faith and trust and hope in Jesus. So first of all, as we look at these verses, great faith is very specific. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are all kind of practical applications as we think about that for ourselves this morning. You see, I think we can say God wants all of us, you and me, to have a great faith. And you see, what this means is we need to examine our faith. We need to look at our faith. And you see, the question really is this. Is Jesus Christ the object of our faith or is our faith and our trust in something else? Are we trusting in that? And yet we see great faith is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's a second characteristic of great faith as we look at these verses. And that is great faith involves repentance. Look at verse 22. Here we see she cries out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. You see, there's a key element in repentance. And that is, we turn from our sin and we turn to God. We turn to Jesus. And here we see that's exactly what we see in this woman. And and she cries out. She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. You see, she had turned from her Canaanite idols and her Canaanite faith And she had come, and she had turned to Jesus. You know, in one of the strongest statements you find anywhere in the Scriptures on what true faith is really all about, it's when the the Apostle Paul writes this about the Thessalonian Christians. And he says, the Thessalonian Christians, they had turned from their sin, and they had turned to Jesus. And you see, that's what true faith is all about. That's what strong faith is all about. This is evidence, the Scripture says. Again, let's, let's bring it on home now. What about us today? Because we do want to make this practical, and we do want, do want this to apply. What about us? What about me? What about you? You know, are there things in our lives that we need to turn away from? Are there idols in our lives that we need to turn from. And you see, an idol is not just a little statue that we would have on our mantelpiece or whatever, but rather it would be anything that we, that we put before God. Are there things that we put before God today? I mean, it could be a number of different things. <clears throat> it can be money. It can be pleasure. You know, just having fun. It can be sports. It can be a job. You know, it could even be family. It can be children. Now, these things are all wonderful. Great. But yet you see what the Scripture is saying. But we must not allow any of these things to come before Jesus. And you see what the message here is. says, you and I will never have a great faith until we make Jesus number one. And that's what we... We see here. And then there's a third thing that characterizes great faith as we, as we look and as we study these scriptures. And you see God is so graciously giving these things to us. Thirdly, we see that great faith 
is reverent toward God. Look at verse 22. And she cries out and she says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Now note this. She, she uses two very important, very significant titles when she addresses him. Lord and son of David. Here we learn an important lesson. I mean, here is this outcast. But yet, look at this reverence on this part. <clears throat> now, look at those two terms. First of all, you see the term Lord in Scripture is more than just a polite sir. It's more than that. No, you see, her use of the title Lord signifies that she acknowledges, she recognizes Christ's deity, His sovereignty, His omnipotence. And then the title, Son of David, that's a messianic title. That's a kingly title. You remember David was a king? Yes. Jesus is also a king in David's holy line. And you see, this woman, she sees Jesus, and she sees Jesus as the Messiah, as the royal, sovereign Christ. And she treats Him with great respect. Look at verse 25. It says, She came... And she knelt before him. Again, the word, the Greek word for knelt is significant here. You see, it means, it's a word which means to bow down in reverent worship. And you see, that's the picture that we see here. She humbles herself before Jesus and she bows down and she worships him. <clears throat> you know, there's such a great lesson for us to learn as we, as we look at actually all of this. But as we think about this whole aspect of, of being reverent, you know, we live today in a world, in a society that is anything but reverent when it comes to God. I mean, there's so much disrespect today. I mean, you know, it makes you, makes you angry when you think about it. A while back, I read where one of our large universities, the drama department, they put on a play. And in this play... Jesus is a homosexual. You know, it just, it make, it, it just you, know, it makes you angry when you think about all this going on. What a lesson we need to learn uh, when we think about that. But you know, when you think in contrast to what we see today, and you look back at the Scriptures, in the Old Testament times, it was true that the name of God was so sacred that the Jews would not even pronounce it. <clears throat> and so when a Jew was reading along, and when he came and read uh, from, from the Scripture or whatever, and he came upon God's name, Jehovah, or Yahweh, you see, he would not even pronounce it, but rather he would say Adonai, which means my God. Because you see, Jehovah or Yahweh, these names were just too sacred to be. On a person's lips. <clears throat> we need to move more in the direction. Of having a greater. As we look at this. Of having a greater reverence for God. And great faith involves. Reverence for God. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and so we see that Jesus says. This woman had great faith. And one of the things that you see. That made her faith so great was her reverence and her respect for God. 
You know, when you think about it, <clears throat> she probably didn't know anything about the Lordship of Christ. I'm sure, she, I'm sure she didn't. But still, though, she was reverent and she was respectful for God. You know, as I think about it, as we learn a lesson from this, it seems to me like one of the important lessons that we need to be learning from this is that every single day, we ought to be praying, God, give me a greater reverence. God, give me a greater respect for you. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and then there's a fourth thing as we look at these verses. There's a fourth thing that characterizes great faith. Look at verse 23 and 24. You see, great faith is persistent. Very persistent. She comes to Jesus and she's pleading with, Lord, ha have mercy on me. <clears throat> Look at how Jesus responds. Verse 23, what does it say? He did not answer her a word. I, I, it's like he just ignores her. You say, what is Jesus doing? Well, he's testing her. You see, he wants to see just how great and how strong her faith really was. And you see, Jesus is putting her in a situation where only mega faith would be able to survive. So at first, he just ignores her. And then look at verse 24. You see, when he finally speaks, look what he says. <clears throat> I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I mean, it sounds like he's saying, you know, lady, I can't help you. You're not a Jew. You know, at this point, <clears throat> I'm afraid most of us would just throw our hands up and it ain't worth it. You know, just <clears throat> give up. But you see, not her. Because you see, Scripture says she has great faith and great faith is persistent. It's not easily shaken. Man, it hangs in there. It doesn't give up. It keeps on keeping on. And that's what we see here. You know, when problems and difficulties and hardships and frustrations and all these things come along, you see, great faith and only great faith will hold up. This woman comes to Jesus. Jesus puts her to the test. But you see, she has great faith. God has enabled her to see <clears throat> that Jesus is the one who can help her. Jesus is the one who can meet her needs. <clears throat> and then the discussion goes on. And finally, Jesus says, look at verse 26. He says, but it's not right to take the children's bread and just throw it to the dogs. First of all, Jesus doesn't even bother to answer. He kind of ignores her. And then he tells her she's not a Jew. And now he's calling her a dog. You say, is Jesus trying to convert this woman or what? Well, of course, yes, he is. But you see, he's testing her faith. He wants to see how strong her faith is. But you see, as we look at these verses... She has great faith, 
And you see, great faith responds. You see how she responds. Look at verse 27. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And look at the way Jesus responds. Look at verse 28. And then Jesus answers, Woman, great is your faith. Your request is granted. And notice this. And her daughter was healed instantly. The commentaries, they tell us that she was saved that day. She had great faith and she came to know Jesus. I like what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, the Lord of glory surrenders to this woman's great faith. Again, let's bring it all back home. What about us? What about you and what about me? Think about this. Do you have, do I have, do you have a great faith in Jesus Christ? You see what the scripture says, great faith is very specific. It's faith in Jesus. Great faith, we see second, great faith is a repenting faith. This means every day we are turning from our sin and we are turning to Jesus. Great faith is a reverent faith. There's great reverence and there's great respect for Jesus and for God. And then great faith is persistent. It means we're going to keep on keeping on. We're not going to give up. And maybe things are not going exactly the way we'd like for them to go. But we're going to keep on keeping on because great faith hangs in there. And again, you see, the question that you and I, we need to be asking ourselves this morning Do we have this kind of faith in Jesus Christ? If we do, let's just praise God and give God the glory and thank God. But if not, or perhaps if we're not sure, you see, what we need to do is we need to cry out to God in prayer to plead with God and ask God that He would give us great faith. Let's pray together. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, we thank You for these words that You have given us. Lord, we thank You for this this wonderful picture of great faith and the kind of faith that that You would have each one of us to have. And we pray, our Heavenly Father, that Your Holy Spirit will work in such a way that these words would be applied to our lives and that indeed, Father, that we would have a great faith, trusting in You, the great triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, again, we just cry to You and plead with You and ask, O Lord, that You would give us a great faith, a great faith in You. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.